I was about to say the weekend is here, <laughs> then I held my tongue. So let's get out our thinking journals so that you can all start writing down all the greetings and the facts about Africa. Our greeting today is Malal, Malal, which means hello. At the end of the podcast, I will let you know where it's from. And before the news roundup, our interesting facts on Africa is coming up. Africa, you know I got you right. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Orata Consulting Group, a brain trust supporting governments, public and the private sectors in the adoption of emerging technologies across Africa. Today, we're on agri- we are on agriculture. Did you know that agriculture contributes 65% of Africa's employment and 75% of our domestic trade? However, the rich potential of agriculture as a tool to promote food security and fight poverty is at risk from the COVID-19 effects. In March, the UN Economic Commission for Africa predicted the growth in Africa would drop from 3.2% to 1.8% this year, 2020. Within the continent, lockdowns are disrupting interregional trade. The effect of restrictive measures on food trade is especially worrying, in particular for food importing countries, but also because of shrinking export markets for the continent's farmers. In light of the current pandemic, Africa looks like it could be worst hit from the economic fallout of the crisis. 80 million Africans could be pushed into extreme poverty if action is not taken. Okay, so our interesting facts, and I'm sure your thinking journals are out. Did you know that Africa is the home to the world's oldest university? Yes, I said that, and that is true. The oldest existing and continually operating educational institution in the world is the University of Karuin, founded in 859 AD by Fatima El-Firi in Fez, Morocco, and was originally a madrasa. And yes, it is still open and continues to operate, older than Cambridge, Oxford, Harvard, you name it, and even all the universities in Europe. Okay, so coming up after the global news update is a story on protecting food security in Africa during the COVID-19 pandemic. We must bear in mind that the reason why these stories are so important on agriculture and food is that already 239 million people are undernourished. And if you can recall, linking it up with what we had said earlier on this week from our education story that we run, there's already 287 million students concurrently out of school across the continent. Then we're going to have another story also on digital tracking using emerging technologies and where FAO has named one particular country to be the best and the most innovative 
to have the best and the most innovative initiative for the protection of farmers and vulnerable vulnerable groups against COVID-19 contamination. So keep listening to find out where that is. We also have a feature story about a transformation program that will benefit 40 million farmers in the next five years on the continent. And we'll see us adding another 120 million tons into the continent's food basket. And finally, there'll be a story from an ex-African president who says that Africa has so far escaped, escaped the worst health consequences with respect to the COVID-19 pandemic. But he's extremely worried about the outlook of the continent um, and the economic fallout that could see 80 million Africans being pushed into extreme poverty. So let's get to the news update from some of the hubs from around the world and come back. From headlines from BBC News at 12.08 p.m. today. Good morning, this is BBC News. Teachers' unions will hold talks with the government's top scientific advisers today, demanding assurances that it will be safe to open primary schools in England to more children next month. Some teachers are worried that social distancing will be difficult to maintain and could put them at greater risk of catching coronavirus. The Education Secretary, Gavin Williamson, says he appreciates their concerns but thinks it's time for pupils to go back to class in a safe way. We've always said that we very much hope to see schools returning on the week commencing the 1st of June and we'll continue to work with unions but also many other school bodies to make sure that schools return in a phase considered and controlled way making sure that the safety of both children and those who work in schools are our top priority. Health unions have said that rapid testing and an adequate supply of protective equipment must be in place when the NHS reopens cancelled services during the peak of the coronavirus outbreak. They've put forward a nine-point plan for the NHS to reopen safely as lockdown restrictions ease. They're also calling for staff working through the crisis to be paid overtime and say a public sector pay freeze should be ruled out. Around the world, restaurants and cafes have reopened in the Australian state of New South Wales. Pubs are also allowed to reopen, but only for dining. Strict social distancing measures are in place and there's a 10-person limit on the amount of customers at a time. There have been under 100 coronavirus-related deaths across Australia and most of its 7,000 cases have recovered. Meanwhile, in the US, a scientist who formerly led the government agency trying to develop a vaccine has said the country could face its darkest winter in modern history because of COVID-19. Rick Bright was removed from his post as the director of the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority last month. He told members of the House of Representatives that lives were lost because of early government inaction. And football clubs in Leagues 1 and 2 are meeting to discuss their options for completing the current season. Last night, a statement released by six League One sides, including Peterborough, Sunderland and Portsmouth, said they were determined to play their remaining fixtures at a time it is deemed safe to do so. That's the latest from BBC News. Tech at 10.37pm yesterday. Hey, I'm Deirdre Boza and here's your CNBC Tech Check. 
Amazon is building and designing face shields to sell to frontline workers. Engineers from the company's drone delivery team, Prime Air, have been developing face shields that will soon be for sale. The company expects to make hundreds of thousands of the headgear available for purchase online later this month. Amazon isn't the only big tech player producing personal protective equipment. In April, Apple announced it was working to produce one million face masks a week for medical workers. A possible deal between Uber and Grubhub will be decided in the coming days. That's according to CNBC sources. On Wednesday, the Wall Street Journal reported the two companies were considering a deal that would value Grubhub stock at around 1.9 Uber shares. Grubhub had been seeking 2.15 Uber shares. If there is an agreement, it would still have to clear antitrust scrutiny as it would combine two of the biggest players in the food delivery space. Tesla's HR boss issuing a warning to employees. In an email, Valerie Workman cautioned that if California employees are called back to work but choose to stay home due to coronavirus concerns, they could lose unemployment benefits. Workman went on to suggest that the decision would be up to the state of California and not Tesla. Earlier this week, the company resumed production of facilities at its main U.S. car plant in defiance of local health orders. That's all from the West Coast for now. See you back here tomorrow. At 11.11 a.m. today. The pandemic is reviving the worst case scenarios for the U.S.-China relationship. President Donald Trump says he doesn't even want to talk with his counterpart, President Xi, right now, adding that the U.S. would save $500 billion if it cut off ties with Beijing, though it's unclear exactly how he means. This comes as China's post-lockdown recovery gains steam, factory output rising a better than expected 3.9%, but as we said, concerns about a second wave. France is set to unveil aid packages for the auto and airline industries. The government has already promised 18 billion euros to back the tourism sector. This comes as France moves to restart its economy after loosening lockdown restrictions. Air France, KLM and Renault have already obtained billions in loan guarantees, but their operations remain depressed. There are few signs of progress in Brexit talks. The latest round of negotiations ends today, and a big stumbling block is the conditions the EU wants the UK to accept in return for a deal. Just one round of talks remains before a June meeting to discuss whether or not to carry on. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has threatened to talk uh, to walk away if there's no progress by then. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and at Quick Take by Bloomberg, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. Time to come home, Africa, I gotcha. Okay, today is about food, agriculture, and farming. Small farms everywhere traditionally make a huge contribution to global food security. Around the world, small farms-dominated systems produce 50% of all food calories on 30% of the world's agricultural land. In sub-Saharan Africa, however, the role of small-scale farmers is even more significant. 80% of the farms are small in most of these countries. African governments have defined stimulus measures to mitigate national and regional economic impacts of COVID-19. As they do, they must remember that investments in agriculture can be up to 
five times more poverty reducing than investments in other sectors. I think let me just highlight that again. Investments in agriculture can have an effect of up to five times more in terms of poverty reduction than investments in any other sectors. Investments in rural small-scale agriculture are particularly important for the region's food security, for safeguarding the livelihoods of some of its most vulnerable people, and for sustaining the gains in poverty alleviation and wealth creation. This is a piece from Olesegun Obasanjo titled Africa's COVID-19 response must highlight agriculture and the rural poor. The whole piece, as always, is available for you. That's part of our interactive part and fact checking that I'm very, very keen on. So the link is below, as always. Our next story. The African Development Bank, AFDB, says its Technologies for African Agriculture Transformation Program will benefit 40 million farmers in the next five years, adding 120 million tons into the continent's food basket. Since the launch of the Technologies for African Agricultural Transformation Program in 2018, the project has been implemented by 28 countries, including Zimbabwe, while four more are in the process of joining the program. The technologies for African agricultural transformation, called TAAT program, has set the ambitious target of reaching 40 million farmers in the next five years and adding 120 million tons of additional foodstuffs in the African food basket, valued between US dollars, 1.5 billion to 2.8 billion, says the regional bank. And finally, a Moroccan digital tracking system has been called the best innovative initiative in the Middle East, North Africa, MENA, by far the Food and Agriculture Organization, in terms of the protection of farmers and vulnerable groups against COVID-19 contamination. By digitizing the process of cultivation and harvesting, the innovation facilitates the management of key stages of cultivation. The program benefits all sizes of farms and is one of the results of the 2008 Green Morocco Plan, which funded a range of initiatives and programs to make agriculture one of the main growth areas. As always, all these stories, I just give you snippets, then I give you the link because it's important that you must be able to fact check what it is that we present here and actually be able to know how to follow up in case you're interested in finding out or getting in touch or applying um, the knowledge that you're learning from this podcast. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Orata Consulting Group, a brain trust supporting governments public and the private sectors in the adoption of emerging technologies across Africa. Okay, yeah, believe it or not, it is time to leave. And as always, stay safe, stay home, stay alive. Social distancing, you know the drill, washing your hands well with soap and running water. 
Yes, your mask, your mask. Wear it properly, please, guys. Wear your mask properly. And our greeting, Malal, Malal is a Dinka greeting and they have a rich history. I have shared a video link on them for you to know who they are, where they live and watch the video as also part of your interactive bit. Remember here, we want you to interact with us. We want you to be able to find out more for yourself about the things that we speak about and share with you. So we take a break over the weekend. We won't be here tomorrow on Sunday. And that is because we're coming up with a whole new podcast format for you. Africa, we heard you. And Africa, I gotcha. So, okay. And see you then on Monday. Thank you.